Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, October 28th. Has something or someone angered or upset you? If so, work on correcting that emotion in yourself. Just think, someday, perhaps even later this very day, you'll find yourself involved in other concerns. Emotions don't last. Why let yourself stew in that pot? It is you who are being cooked. Don't react until you've restored your own equilibrium. There's implications to this that I think are important also to clarify. It's not that you, you should never respond, or it's not that you should never um, take action. Sometimes people get very confused on the spiritual path because there's so much talk about centering yourself, not letting yourself got, get drawn into things, staying even-minded and cheerful, all of these things which are very important values People begin to think that you should not participate in life or that you should suppress any responses that you have. And that is very, very false. What we're trying to do on the spiritual path is we're trying to expand our awareness rather than contract our awareness. And the first premise of the spiritual path is it depends on where you're standing, what is contraction and what is expansion. If a person is exceedingly timid, and is inclined to let people run over you and just sort of never has the nerve to stand up for what you really believe, it may be necessary for you to be very aggressive in your responses to life because your aggressive response is expansive for you because being harmonious is not actually being harmonious. It's being afraid of conflict. And so to continue to indulge your fear of conflict in the name of being harmonious makes you smaller and smaller. Whereas speaking out, and in slight contrast to what's being said here, even under the influence of emotion, is expansive for you. But a person who regularly flies off the handle and has no problem telling people where they stand and just easily gives in to their anger and goes on crusades, it's not expansive to keep doing that. Because as Swami's writing here, you're stewing in your own pot of negative emotions. What's expansive for such a person is to, is to center themselves and not suppress, but choose how I'm going to respond rather than reacting and being compelled. It's, it's to be able to choose your response instead of being able to be compelled in your response. And that actually is the way to describe both of them. If you're fearful of rocking the boat or ever speaking up, you're being compelled in your response. You're not standing in the center of your own reality and choosing what is the best response, you're being forced by subconscious habits to do it. So Swami's talking specifically here about controlling anger, but controlling fear, it's the same thing. Fear is also an emotion. Sometimes if you're so suppressed, you don't really cognize it as fear, but there's this compulsive inability to express yourself. Now it's also important to understand the difference between emotion and feeling. And I know this has come up elsewhere 
in different suggestions Swami's made through this book, but it needs to be understood again in this context. Feeling is fundamental to being a human being. Even more than that, feeling is an aspect of divine consciousness. The, the feeling that is our true nature is the feeling of bliss. But the, the feeling aspect of ourselves has to be honored because without that we're incomplete as human beings. But feeling is the perception of reality, of, of sympathetic, compassionate unity with all of life that springs from the center of our being, from our origin point. We've been talking about origin point in other of these. From our origin point, we perceive the, the, just the, the, the beautiful unity of life, the presence of divine love in everything, the, the power of divine beauty, and these are, these are not just ideas. We don't just think about these things. They, they run through us and literally are the vibration of our very being. Among other reasons, that's why beautiful music written from an inspired place can just move us so deeply because it's vibration. And vibration, as I say, is who we are. Emotion, by contrast, is when we move out of our point of origin and some uh, ephemeral experience, you know, the, the, the kind of divine feeling I'm talking about is eternal. It's the, the body dies, the circumstances of your life shift completely or on another plane of consciousness. The, vib- the vibratory power of feeling is, is still with us, the divine power of feeling. Emotion is when we take that feeling and we we, we separate it from its divine origin and we attach it to some specific object and that object is ephemeral in nature. It could be the political circumstances of our times, which do seem big, but they're nonetheless ephemeral. In a hundred years, they won't matter at all. In 20 years, it might not matter at all. The upset you feel this morning might, might be changed by a different event this afternoon So there's nothing eternal about it. It's not fundamental to your nature to have an opinion about this or an attitude about that. Or somebody in your life may just do something horrid that just annoys you and makes you so angry. How could you you do this to me again, conceivably? And what happens is all that feeling nature gets corrupted, gets attached to a particular reality, and all of a sudden that's where you are. Emotions... Are, are, as I'm going to say it again, are not feelings. They are feelings misdirected and then made limited and then they throw us off from a deep understanding of who we really are. So emotions are not really our friends. But don't think that the opposite of emotion is dullness or the opposite of emotion is insensitivity. Quite the opposite. The more we live deeply in our feeling nature, the more we can relate to everything in life with the fullness of our being because we haven't squozen the infinite potential down to this one attachment or this one aversion. So Swami says in here, if something or someone, if you're angered by something or someone, um, what exactly has something or someone angered or upset you? If so, he says, work on correcting that emotion in yourself. Now, bear in mind, he doesn't say, work on never, you know, responding or communicating or taking action. 
He says, work first on correcting that emotion in yourself. And one of the ways he suggests to do it is back up enough to have a bigger perspective. Anger especially just eats you up in the moment, but it, it goes away, generally speaking. You know, you're angry in the morning, and by tomorrow you've certainly cooled a little bit. Although I remember once my mother got angry about something, <clears throat> and I asked my father a day later if she was still angry, and he said, well, eventually a hard-boiled egg cools off, but it's, it remains hard-boiled, is how he put it. So, no, she didn't get over the emotion. She wasn't <clears throat> in the acute state, <clears throat> but the anger had become chronic at that point. But he says, work to overcome the emotion in yourself. In other words, bring yourself back to center and look at the situation from a bigger perspective. And one of the techniques he suggests for doing that is to realize in a few hours, I'm not going to be thinking about this, so why should I waste all this time stewing and feeling bad? And he puts it humorously, you know, you're the one who gets cooked in that pot. You're the one who's all exclaiming and creating tension, even literally creating illness in your own body, perhaps creating uh, more messes because now that you're angry, you're not centered in your responses to anyone. This emotion has torqued your perspective and you start yelling at other people because you're mad over here and they're bothering you. And pretty soon you're just a rock rolling downhill, crashing and breaking all kinds of things. So when you feel yourself drawn out of center to that extent that you're angry, first pull back from that emotion and then try to find out what is what is real about this situation, what is still real about this situation once you've calmed the emotion. And it may well be that it's necessary to communicate. It's necessary to stand up for yourself. It's necessary to take a stand against behavior that is not appropriate. There's no reason for you to give up your true perspective on what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. It's just one can do that from a, a relatively speaking point of calm perception, or one can do it from the chaos of angry emotions that are taking us everywhere. And then you have that word react. Somebody's angry at you, you get angry back at them, then that doubles their anger, and then that doubles yours, and pretty soon lives are ruined. I mean, many lives are ruined by anger that's not um, controlled. And it just, it feeds on itself. You know, divorces happen. Estrangements between people who love each other happen. People say things that they would never say if they were in their right mind. And then once they're said, the hurt gets started. Then you get allies on your side and they get allies on their side. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about it really deeply. Because when that feeling is on you, there's such a sense of, this is my moment. And what emotion tells you completely lies to you. It tells you that now I really understand. Now, I, I finally, for the first time, I'm seeing it truthfully, when in fact you're out of your mind. I mean, literally, you're out of your mind. And we can ruin our lives. We can ruin our lives pretty steadily doing that. We've ruined many incarnations that way. It's just... And it happens to us. I was in a situation where I became, I don't usually become angry. I'm, I'm hot-tempered. 
but it, it's usually more just a burst of annoyance. But I was in a situation where I really became angry. And I actually, I heard my voice. Shriek is actually the word that I would use. Perhaps I was exaggerating, but I'm not sure. And as soon as I heard that sound in my voice, I happened to be on the phone. I just disconnected the call. I didn't even say, I'm hanging up now. I just hit the disconnect. Because I knew anything that came out of me in that tone of voice um, was poisonous to my happiness. And the circumstances over which had caused me to react did not go away when I stopped being angry. And, and much serious consideration of a right response, you know, was and is required. So it, it, it wasn't that I'm not ever going to respond. It's just that the, the, the life is too important to burn up in a moment of flowing energy. And there's a certain, you know, sort of wild satisfaction that some people get. Not everyone. I don't. But people who are, who are habituated to anger, you might even say addicted to anger. And they just, they like to indulge it. Some part of them likes to indulge it. So we have to also ask ourselves, why? Why do I like to indulge it? What kind of power am I getting from being like this? And is this really the person that I want to be? And you people say things like, well, this is how I was raised. My father and my mother were always like this. I grew up in a household like this. This is how people justify themselves. This is how people justify destroying their lives. They're saying, well, this is the way it is, you know. What am I supposed to do? This is what I'm like. Well, there's a lot you can do. But you won't do it until the effort, the pain of continuing as you are is worse to you than the effort required to change it. And no, these habits are not easy to shift. I mean, we just, we just get into this habit of doing things a certain way and it's a, a very deep groove and every time a little bit of energy comes, it starts shooting down the groove, just like water. But that groove was created by our own decisions and a new groove can be cut by our choosing something else. And here's the wonderful thing about it. These emotional, angry responses to life are not really our true nature and they're not really the flow of the divine in our lives. And if we put out even a small effort to move closer to, our, to a higher reality, a more expansive, more fulfilling reality for ourselves, the universe rushes in to pull us with it. Because now we're actually, you see, now, you're, right now we're flowing with the current of our downward moving energy. But the stronger, more powerful current is the power of divine grace pulling us upward. So even though you feel like you're flowing with, with the easy, easy current, you're not actually, because you're doing such violence to yourself. That, but when you begin to try to cooperate with divine grace, divine grace rushes in to lift you. It's worth it. It's worth every amount of effort and the satisfaction you will have for expanding your consciousness into harmony and pulling it back from disharmony is worth every bit of time, trouble, and self-discipline that's required. Has something or someone angered or upset you? If so, work on correcting that emotion in yourself. Just think, someday, perhaps even later this very day, you'll find yourself involved in other concerns. Emotions don't last. 
Why let yourself stew in that pot? It is you who are being cooked. Don't react until you've restored your own equilibrium. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.